Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Tuesday, September 17th, 2019, and I was told not to report to jury duty. Yay! So it's like I get these free days, and gosh, I needed them, need them. So it's been um, a happy day starting last night, knowing that I didn't have to run out and and, um, be stuck is really what I felt um, today. So it's very cool. Otherwise, I don't mind. It's just been that I haven't been in my home. And speaking of things that maybe aren't timely in our lives, is temptation. What and why are there temptations? And we end up doing what's probably not in our best interest. And I have to talk about this topic. It is one of those things that happens every day, and yet we don't give it a second thought that, wow, that's a temptation. But calling a temptation out puts it in a whole different light because now we've got something we can work with instead of just doing something we know probably we shouldn't want to do. And usually we think of temptations and we think of doing things, like doing actual things that aren't good for us, like, you know, maybe being with someone we shouldn't be. It has to do a lot with money, maybe getting it in a way that probably isn't in our best interest. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on every single day that also deals with temptation. And it started really formulating in my mind after, and this was the time that I thought it was the hardest for someone to deal with, after a conversation I had with someone about them feeling that all the decisions they make are not good decisions for them. And I said, well, why? Because there's always that why. And it's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Why? Why do I do things that probably make me more upset in the long run? And I know I'm going to be sorry, but I do it anyway because the temptation is so high. And I thought, well, how could you not control yourself? Well, I found out that's really easy to do. And it goes back to our stories. Each one of us has a story. When we look back in our lives and we think, well, I never did anything right. Or I deserve that, whatever it is, because I've had a hard life or nobody's ever cared about me, and if I do this, nobody will care. And we start to come up with reasons, or we have a a history of feeling sorry for ourselves. 
or feeling like everyone's just out to get what they want. Whatever those feelings are that are less than love, they're coming from, they're, they're love. They're not less than love. They're injured love. And we start basing decisions on those things. We are going to find ourselves in the lesson wheel. I call it, you know, you just keep spinning. You keep learning the same things over and over again, and then you wonder why you're not getting it. And in truth, there's nothing to get. That's the problem. When we start rationalizing why we do things, that's, that's the first clue is you're rationalizing. Well, you know, I did this because I was mad. I did this because I was hurt. I did this because they hurt me. I did this because I deserved it. And you know in your heart when you start having to convince yourself about anything that you're, you're following something that's tempting you, calling you, trying to lure you, And you know in your heart that if you do do that, it's going to cause you trouble somewhere else. And when ego tells us no one will ever know, everyone will know at some point. It will come out. But when you have nothing to hide, you walk around with a completely different energy. So this morning, I get online and I, you know, was going to start posting, but I got taken aback by a post I read. Under the show, it says, well, it says, the, the title of the show are, Why Are There Temptations to Do What Is Not in Our Best Interest? And I got this from Leah Gell. How do we like to take responsibility for who we are when it comes with blame from others, with getting hurt from our own decisions, with people deciding to leave, the list is long, question mark. Others can't run your life if you don't see a reason to give up your control on your own. Following your purest intent, if we're meant to succeed, there would be no need for God to put fear in between me and what I want and then having to see if it's real or not. And if I don't, that and it turns out to be real, oh, too bad, that's too late for you now. But nobody wants to read this from me anymore, but I'm still asking because I haven't found a way through to the other side. So let's go back to that. If we just, let's just say one human being, a lot of people feel like that. Nobody wants to hear this from me anymore. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm not responsible for my decisions. God put the fear in between me and what I want. God doesn't put fear in us. Think about that. God doesn't put fear in us. Nobody puts fear in us. We accept fear. So when I read this, I said, oh, wow. That's where we get looped. 
we don't have to how do we take responsibility. We know how to take responsibility. When we blame others, what does that have to do with self-accounting? When people leave us, are they hurting us because they leave us? What if it's time to leave? What if we kept everybody we ever met in our life? We would never have done anything else. We grow. We outgrow. We move. This entire paragraph feels like an emotional burden. So if I'm speaking to a million people who feel that, I would have a long conversation about getting to know yourself and taking responsibility, self-accounting. And it's hard to do. Writing a paragraph like this had to be really painful for her to write that. Because to feel like your life is determined by where you are at and who the people are in your life and also determines your own happiness and feeling that others are controlling you and you are not controlling yourself or your happiness and believing that God is putting fear in you and what you want. That's why you're not where you want to be. And I've been there. I've had my faith that speaks like that to me. It was very private. I never shared it with anyone. I was a lot younger. One of the biggest wake-up calls after seeing Christ that I thought I was yeah, pretty doing pretty good was realizing that everything went back to me. It wasn't that that man didn't like me or want me was that I didn't know how to be wanted. And I had to look at that and say, wow, you know, I'm doing something. I'm the one doing something. It's not like, well, those people get what they want. Why don't I believe I can? Why don't I see the choice in the choice? I see it with men a lot, where they will look at a woman, and if I hear it one more time, I will just scream when they say, she's out of my league. And I look at them when I hear it, they're young. And I say, well, what league is she in that you're not in? Because as far as I'm concerned, there's only a human league. Now, there may be different levels of maintenance that you got to deal with. But 
what kind of person do you want so that you can recognize that and gravitate towards that as opposed to just looking at what you can't have all day? Temptation to want what isn't ours in life, and we know it, or doing things that aren't in our best interest and know it, it's just going to spin you, spin any of us. I had another example. This one was a woman. And she's known someone for many, many, many years. And they're friends. And there was this temptation between them to take their friendship further. And they started even getting to the point of talking about it. And thank God that she came and talked to me. Thank God, because she was ready to rationalize her way into creating a disaster for both families. And she actually found a really good argument to do it. Well, you know, he's going through a lot, and I'm going through a lot. And I said, well, wow, so instead of fixing the a lot that you're going through, you're just going to create another a lot, because that's going to come with a lot, a lot more than what you're dealing with now. When you have something in common and it's that you're both going through a lot so you deserve to do something that might not be okay and it's going to cause even more havoc than what you're doing, why are you really doing it? For a moment, that's going to ruin so much because now you're going to have one more a lot to hide, not talk about, justify. Well, you did this first, so now I did that. So then I really went to Christ on this one and said, wow, how do I tell people to recognize temptations, things that aren't good for them? And actually, I got two answers. One of them is that, let's say, let's go to the woman who wanted to cross the line and the man that was going to cross it with her. And two families are involved, two complete ecosystems, many civilizations with, you know, spouses or partners, children, homes, everything for this moment that they deserved because they are going through a lot. And I asked her, do you see little pictures in your mind of how great it's going to be? Are you seeing that? She just looked at me like I read her mind. And I thought, oh, wow, that wasn't that hard. That's, that's what's going on. And when I saw that, I said, well, what are those pictures telling you? And it was more like a fantasy, not like real life. And I said, how many real life instances 
have you had like the fantasy you have in your mind? She really thought about it. And she said, usually those things were nothing I actually planned. They they happened because I was happy. And I said, okay, I need you to repeat that again. They happened because you were happy. Right now, you're not very happy. And your ego is tempting you. It's like, hey, and this will be great, and that moment will be, but it doesn't show you anything after it, does it? No solution. When we think with our heart, we see no solution. We say, oh, wow, I'll go and I'll, I'll talk about the issues. We'll come up with a solution, and this is what my life will be like. With temptation, it's like, oh, man, when we do that, that's going to be so great. Oh, wow, that'll just that will be out of this world. We'll deal with everyone else. No one will ever know. It'll be our first time and our only time, and, and, and we start rationalizing. There's nothing after it. Ego does not have an exit plan. And temptation just wants to create greater chaos. So when I hear this, following your purest intent. If we're meant to succeed, there would be no need for God to put fear. God doesn't put fear, we put fear. God gives us the tools to overcome fear because fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt are our ego. If you could look at it that way. Nobody, nobody on the face of our earth can affect your true happiness. If we believe that all of our happiness is put in one person on this earth, what if that person dies? Now what happens to you? But if you're already happy and you can enjoy someone else, Now you're enjoying them without an umbilical cord that tethers them to you in any little thing they do. Your whole life is either going to make it or break it. We are here to self-account and grow our soul. We are not here to attach to someone else to do that for us. It'd be nice, it'd be easy. But if our partners, if our loves, if our jobs put obstacles before us, they are obstacles to challenge us and to grow our souls, not to take us down. It is so easy to blame, 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 blame. That's easy. But let's say the woman went ahead, and she didn't, by the way, at least not until today, and I don't think she will. But let's just say she did go forward. Well, now she has to blame everyone because she can't blame herself. 
she made this decision for the right reason. She deserved this. Everyone wronged her, and she got to just do what she wanted on a whim. Well, now, in real life, without all of the psychodrama of blaming, she's going to have to say, well, I did this too. It didn't happen to me. The person didn't talk me into it, even though we might say that. Oh, well, you know, we've kind of been thinking about it, and then we have this runaway moment. Our brains still work in runaway moments. We still know. So when I asked Christ and he said, take a picture in your mind, do you see snapshots of how great it's going to be with no exit plan? Okay, that's something I asked a long time ago and I got that answer. There was another answer. And the other answer is, A young child or a young teenager came to you for advice, and they asked you, should I pursue this thought or not? Whatever it is, because normally temptations end up hurting ourselves and other people around us. If they were to say, you know, I'm thinking of cheating on a test because that's going to be relevant to them. And I don't have to study. And I think I can get away with it if I sit this way, if we text each other, if this happens, if that happens, and they give you this whole scenario. But there was also a good probability that the person is not going to be able to hide what they've done because now their energy is going to change. And if you're listening to this show, we all know that energy precedes words. It just does. We all know what's going on, even though nobody will admit it with their mouths. We know. What would you tell that child? Because that child is you. It's just the circumstances are different. As we get older, the situations are different. They become bigger, maybe higher stakes, especially when we step out of relationships that we are in, because those are entire civilizations. A home, the way it runs, our children, our, if we're old enough, great, your grandchildren, um, our own children trying to decide their lives and then everything at home or with our parents that we're not living with and in chaos. And then we wonder, well, is that chaos in me? So those are my parents. You know, whatever it is, if we can't see past the temptation, that is our ego. Trying to cover up anything will take more energy in your life and hurt you more in your life, just covering something up than anything else you will do. It is not easy to carry around what we're hiding, especially in this time. So if you would tell a child, hey, you know what? You might want to study instead of 
this grand scheme of how you're going to cheat. Look at all this energy you've put in to cheat on a test. Look at that. What if all that energy got put into actually studying? Because if you actually studied, you're going to feel really proud of yourself that you really studied. And you're going to realize how much you're learning, and it's going to fascinate you. You won't know it until you get there. But if I were you, and I know you have a choice, and I can't tell you what to do, but if I were you, I would actually try. Even if you, in standard, fail miserably, you will still feel better. And even if you fail miserably, you will still learn more. And you will know that, oh, wow, maybe I needed more time. Maybe next time I plan it out a little further and break it down so that I can retain this knowledge. And for the woman, now that that feeling has passed, now that she can see that temptation was just pulling her in that direction, And now she says, I would never do it. I would never do it. And I said to her, (laughs) and I know this sounds funny because, you know, I'm a big prayer advocate because I know that when we speak from our hearts, we're heard. It's when we start asking for stuff that isn't God's responsibility to give us, give being the operative word. We have to come to our decisions, but I thought this is a real grateful prayer. Like, God, thank you. But this came and went. Thank you that I didn't fall in and ruin everything I've built to this day. God, thank you that I reached out for help because had I not, I really believe I was talking myself into something that I knew wasn't okay, but I wanted it to be. I know I'm not a bad person or a dumb person, but boy, do I have a new respect for how hard it is for anyone in that position to make the harder choice of the two. That's after overcoming temptation. That's personal growth in ways that you can't buy. And you know what happens is you start to feel a sense of integrity to yourself so that when you see it in others, you don't blame them. You just understand that they did not have the tools to not hurt themselves and the people around them. Because once you're in, you're down that track. And you're going to justify, justify, justify. Now you have to lie. Now you have to sleep with someone not knowing something that big. You have the highs and lows, the highs of 
doing whatever it was you think is going to make you happy and the lows of being around the people you love and knowing. Not that you shortchanged them, but that you shortchanged yourself, which ultimately shortchanges your environment. God doesn't put fear in us. When we can get away from blaming and we say, wow, you know what? What I want, instead of saying, God put fear between me and what I want, what I want is something I can get. And let me spend my energy in learning how, as opposed to thinking that God is personally trying to take me down. Because that's very egocentric. And our egos will keep us in places as long as we'll stay there. Ego doesn't care. It's just an energy. But all energies are obedient to love. And that's why Christ started with self-love, self-accounting, which took me to self-love. Looking at my life and seeing my own role in it. Not everybody else's role, because you realize as you get older that people come and go but you're the only constant in your life. So you have to take that responsibility. That's how important that responsibility is. It is the foundation of all other decisions. You guys, my time is up. Have a great Tuesday. I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. I am so excited because I had this show planned for last week and now I'm going to do it this week. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.